Are you all ready? Come on, y'all got to get excited about it. So get your Bible out and go to 1 Thessalonians 5.23 and we'll start there. I got a lot of scriptures tonight and I got a big subject. But the sermon tonight is called Why Holiness? Now, I need to do a disclaimer before I start talking about holiness in an American church. Most Americans don't like to hear about holiness. Thank y'all. See there what I'm talking about? See how excited y'all are? Do you think that the nation needs a revelation of right and wrong? You better believe they do. So I'm going to make a disclaimer here, and I need you to go with me. I I want you to stay hooked as I preach, and here's why. I understand that we're going to talk about living right, and I understand that you may hear things and go, ouch, I need to make a change. That's good. But the pastoring, the the church in America has failed this nation by not talking more about living right. The, The reason for it is, as a subject, when, when we preach on it, crowds thin. They do. People, people don't, they want to be motivated, they want to be entertained, they want to be excited, but they don't want to be instructed in righteousness because it bothers them. But let's, let's ask a question. Do, do your kids need it? You better believe they need it. America right now, the young generation, has no compass, and they're struggling. I mean, I love the young people. I love these young people. And um, when Justin was in Israel with us, he got up on a bus, did not know that all the pastors were Baptist. He had no idea. And we didn't tell him. And he said, the Lord shows me there's people on this bus need to be healed, and I'm going to pray for y'all. And he just started laying hands on them and praying for them, and God started healing these guys. And then when, he, when they got off the bus, one of them said to me, that young man encourages me that there's hope for this generation. There is. I'm going to put a plea out to you. Allow me to pastor them. Allow me the privilege of talking about subjects that are not comfortable to your flesh because they're necessary. Elon Musk, um, Europe, just put out a tweet that if Elon Musk doesn't censor free speech, they're pulling the whole nation out out of Twitter. Like, and I'm like you, whoopee-doo. The world is serious about their agenda. I wish we were. I really wish the church was serious about our agenda. Uh, Sunday morning, I had a ball in here talking about renewing your mind and and I love sermons like that because I love to see y'all jump and run and scream and, and leave church feeling like you've been fed and, and, and you've enjoyed yourself. But I really don't enjoy preaching what I'm going to preach tonight. Because of when I came, I'm going to talk about holiness, it just goes stone quiet. Now, in all reality, guys, 
your kids are going to become more like you than you've ever imagined. If they, if you're not a compass, they don't have one. And if there ever was a compass, it had better be the church. And if we're going to be a compass, we're going to have to talk about things like living right. So I'm going to start off on a very positive note. Is it beneficial to live right? Oh, you better believe it is. And I think that, that the young generation has, has bought a lie that somehow or another um, church is just a bunch of old fuddy-duds and we don't really have a clue what we're talking about. I remember a day when, when sinners acted more moral than Christians do now. I mean, you had to explain Jesus to them because if you went by their life, they were morally good people. Now it's flipped. Christians are immoral and I don't need to live right. I'm, I'm saved. And we have the opposite problem that we had. And, and that's, not, that's not good. So allow me the grace of talking about why should we live holy. And I, and I want you to get excited about it because it's a positive message. Walking with God is a good thing. Amen. Best thing that ever happened to you. So uh, I want to look at several scriptures here. Uh, Hebrews eleven six. No, I, I told you 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. Let's stay there. May the God of peace who sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be reserved blameless to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's the foundation of what I call holiness and why we, I think we've missed it. I, I, I grew up in Athens, Georgia. My sister Robin married Johnny Hammond, whose dad was a Church of God preacher, Pentecostal holiness preacher. And I remembered, no, not Johnny's daddy. Johnny's daddy was always very kind to me, very nice man, wonderful man, full of God. But a lot of the people, the Pentecostals that I met, they were mean people. And I equated holiness with meanness. They, they, you know, the women, they wore gray dresses and no makeup. And, you know, I mean, and all of it was just a bunch of legalistic bondage. And that word has taken a bad connotation today that somehow or another, when we talk about holiness, we're trying to take your makeup off and all your jewelry off, you know. And, and, and it's, it's, it's really gotten a bad rap and, and it should not have. So, where I want to come from here is the fact that if you're born again, you know your spirit is alive unto God. But you're only, and I say this word, and I say it in jest. Don't go out of here and say he only believes that a man is one-third saved. I, I believe you are saved, period, okay? I believe that you are a spirit and that you will go to heaven and you're leaving your body here. And, and when you get there, you'll finish up the renewing of your mind. Thank you, Jesus. But while you're walking this earth, when you receive Jesus, God took care of one-third of you. The other two-thirds is usually messed up. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You need a church that you can come in where you're loved unconditionally but we're not going to let you stay there. You don't want to stay there. You don't want to stay messed up. But we have to have a grace on you 
Because we understand that you don't think like a Christian, you don't act like a Christian, you don't walk like a Christian, but you are a Christian. And sometimes it's a process and we work with you, but then there are people who come in and they never catch, they never catch it. I mean, five years, 15, 20, 30 years, teenagers get up, go off to college, raise hell, sleep around, smoke dope, get drunk, and they, and they never change. And I think that we failed them. We failed them. We needed to have a little bit more of a serious talk with you. Like, you know what? You might want to get a revelation of Jesus before you go out in the world because Satan is serious about destroying your life. And I need you to know that. You have three enemies. We're going to get into that in a minute. And God is not one of them. Y'all are amen and good. I love it. So having said that, I want to read a couple of scriptures. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. He that comes to God must believe he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Go to 1 Peter 3. I'm going to go fast because I got a bunch of scriptures I got to go, and I don't have time to, you know, to go, to go real slow on some of them. Go, 1 Peter 3, 10. Look at this. He who would love life, do you want to love life? Yes. And see good days. Do you want that? Yeah, I want that. Refrain your tongue from evil. You need to watch what you say, how you talk, you know, straighten, take care of that thing in your mouth. In your lips and speaking deceit, turn from evil and do good. Seek peace, pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. He's not just talking about sinners. Do you want God on your side? Morality is good. There's another scripture that says godliness is profitable. Godliness is profitable. The, the number one reason for poverty in America is divorce. And the number one reason for divorce is selfishness. If we could just get rid of selfishness, you'd, you'd actually have some money in your pocket. That may sound crazy, but it's absolutely the truth. What, you know, if you own a business, you want moral people. You, you, want, you don't want crooks and liars and thieves at, in your business when you go home at night. You don't want to give them a key to the business. You want to know that when they tell you right, they're right. It's something that's, they're telling you the truth, they're not lying, they're not embezzling money. So you have to love the message of righteousness and holiness and, and want to hire people that are holy and righteous and, and keep their word and don't lie. You, you want that. I want that. And God wants that. So when you got born again, even though you're born again and saved one-third, God begins a process of, of getting you to renew your mind and change the way you were living. And, and, and that's a good thing. He does it because he loves you. He does it because he cares about us. But we have to understand that's a process. When, when you walk into a church like this, and let me just... It is not an, going to church is not easy. Diamonds cut diamonds. Nothing cuts a diamond but a diamond. The biggest problems you're going to have are going to be Christians. 
And you're going to walk in and they're going to say something to you and you're going to go, the heck with you, I'm going back to the bar. Right? And it's the truth. Because while you're here, you're going to have times where you've been comforted. And there will be times you'll be comfortable and there's times you'll be uncomfortable. And you have to understand, it might be God working on you. In, listen, if you think running from God is good, ask Jonah how that went. <laughs> Folks, listen, you're not going to dive out and go do what you want to do and act like God don't know where you went. I love the story in the garden. God goes, Adam, where are you? He's not walking around going, he was here a little while ago. He wasn't asking, where are you? He was saying, do you know where you are? He, he had real good, he knows where you are. You're not ducking and hiding from God. He can find you. Amen. All right, here's, here's another one. Um, um, Galatians 6. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build up all the goodness. <laughs> Thank you for your goodness. Hallelujah. So that you'll, you'll stay with me. Galatians 6, 6, 6, 7. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. You really don't want to do wrong. It, it's, it's, it's coming home. Now, but when I was a hippie, I, I never bought a lot of stuff. But I did have stuff because I went into stores and I left with it. One day I had a tree in my front yard and I needed to cut it down and I went into, we had Kmart's, there was no Walmart. And I found a chainsaw in there and I got some oil and some gas for it. And then I was walking out and the lady said, well, you planning on paying for that? And I went, no. And she said, you have to. And I said, come get it. I didn't, I said, uh, I had adjectives in there. If you want it, come get it, baby. Um. And I got in my Jeep, went home, cut my tree down. But you know, I was always, I was always broke. You know, it, I, I couldn't understand why in the world I never had any money, and yet I stole everything. <laughs> and then when I got born again, I started giving. It was the first time I ever had any money. And I went, maybe... Given it shall be given, taken it shall be taken. While I'm at Kmart stealing chainsaws, I got my buddies in my house stealing my dope. I mean, it's just not the right way to live a life. So y'all get this. So it's a positive thing to do right. You want to know about it. It is great benefit to you and I. Okay. Now, having said that, now we're going to go to uh, Matthew 16. Matthew 16. We're going to talk about what it really means to live for God. What it really means. This is exciting. I'm going to read a scripture that is not in your promise book box. If it was, you'd probably take it out and throw it away. You wouldn't put it on the refrigerator. Matthew 16, 24, and Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And whoever desires to save his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. 
What profit is a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The Son of Man will come in his glory with his Father and his angels, and he will reward everyone according to his works. That's a powerful scripture, and I'm going to use a word here, and I want you to hear it. There is no such thing as a convert. There's no such thing as a convert. Jesus never came to make a convert. He came to make disciples. There's no such thing as come to Jesus and go to heaven. It's come to Jesus and walk with God. And this is why we've missed it. Because we've got people going, well, I'm a Christian. (laughs) You are? Not according to the Bible, you're not. It's quiet in this Baptist church, and that's okay. So let me ask you a question, because he asked a question here. What would you give in exchange for your soul? After you die, and let's pretend for a minute, you go to hell. Let's just pretend you go to hell. And you've been down there for about a week, and Jesus walks up to you and goes, what would you give me to get you out? Anything. Why don't you start right now? Come on, guys. He he paid for you so you don't go to hell, and you can't even give him one day a week to go to church. Don't shout me down. And we act like if you showed up, you really did everybody a big favor. Thank you. Christianity is about, he gave you himself He's asking you to give him you, but we don't because we don't trust him. Maybe he lied. Adam thinks so. Not this Adam. Funny thing about Adam, every time I see him, he's looking for Eve. I saw him at the mall one day, and he was looking at a store called Ease Leaves, and I said, she's not there either, Adam. I'm teasing him bad. I'm te- I shouldn't be messing with him, no. He really was not. I'm joking. The gospel is not come to Jesus to go to heaven. The gospel is come to Jesus and walk with God. That is the gospel. That was the gospel that I got when I got born again. I want to read something to you by John G. Lake. Um, This is William Booth. The chief danger of the 20th century will be religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, and salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and heaven without a hell. And that's pretty much the preaching in the pulpits today. The real purpose, this is John G. Lake, the real purpose of becoming a Christian is not to save you from hell or to be saved to go to heaven. It is to become a child of God with the character of Jesus and stand before men. That is the reason that you and I are born again. God wanted to recreate his son in you as you live here on the earth and one day take you to be with him. In John, I don't have this written down, but in John 14, he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now, let me, I'm going to quote it wrong on purpose. No man goes to heaven but by me. No, it's not. You know, it says, in my father's house are many mansions, and I'm going to go make a place for you. 
And I've had people, you know, my mother-in-law really got mad at me over this statement, but I can't help it. I'm just going to tell you the truth. There's nothing anywhere in your Bible about mansions. That's not in your, even in your Bible. Does that mean there's mansions? There, there probably are. I mean, it's not just a plane. And I know there's not shacks. But this is what Jesus says. In my Father's dwell, his presence are many dwelling places. I'm going to go make a place for you in God. And, he's, and see, the whole point of the way, the truth, and the life is about the Father, not about heaven. We've turned it into real estate when you die instead of being with God. The point of you getting born again is to walk with God. If you're going to walk with God, he's going to have something to say about the way you live. I'm going to back up a minute and tell you my, a little bit of my story. I got born again November 16, 1975, and, and, and right off the bat, I'm, I'm glad I'm born again. I'm saved. I'm, I'm on my way to heaven. Uh, in February, I got filled with the Holy Ghost in a, in a, um, in a, a church of Christ. <laughs> Imagine that. That had a piano. And um, they were worshiping God, and, and I went up there, and they laid hands on me and got filled with the Holy Ghost. Well, you know, I don't have a job. I've been on unemployment, and uh, I was at home one day. Pat Robinson's preaching, and he said, a man that doesn't work is worse than an unbeliever. And I went, oh, my God. And I turned the TV off and went and got a job. Amen. I didn't realize that, you know, dear Lord. But the Lord was starting to get on to dealing with me about the way I was living. You know, the first day I got saved, the dope, the beer, the playboys, and rock music, trash can. Didn't, he didn't even wait a week. He said, there's a dumpster on the way out to Oconee County, fill it up. He said, I don't want that stuff in your house anymore. And that's a God of love. That's not a mean God. He's, he, he's trying to help me. So I get a job and I, I walk in and it was four o'clock. I'm on the evening shift and I clocked in at four o'clock. I'm so glad I'm on time. And my new boss, which I had never met before, said, Morgan, you're late. And I said, the heck I am. That's the wrong thing to say to your new boss when God gets you a job. And he said, I, he said, and he just chewed me out. He said, I need you here before four o'clock. I thought I'm doing pretty good to get here at four o'clock. Here's the issue with me. I didn't have a good work ethic. I didn't have a good attitude. I just got saved. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm no saint. I mean, I'm still acting exactly the way I acted when I was a sinner, though born again. And the Lord speaks to me. He gets real strong with me. He said, you work for me. You ask me for a job. Now, I got you a job. From this day forward, you work for me, and you will be here at 15 minutes before, and you will keep your mouth shut. Thank you, loving father. Was he loving me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's loving me. And at the end of the year, I made more money, I got out of debt, I was driving a new car, and, and half my conversations with God were strong. They weren't like, I just love you. He did that some, but every once in a while he's going, I don't ever want to see that again. I'll tell you another story. One day, I, 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 and I, I'm going to tell you the bad ones because I need you to understand that I'm talking about living right, and, and God is a God that wants you to live right. So I had a really nice 67 Super Sport 396 with a 780 dual line Holly and a 410 Ponce Traction and a Hurst shifter. And some of you had no idea what I just said. 
But one day, I, I pull into an, Amer an, an American station, Amico station now, and I asked if I could use the bathroom for my daughter, but because I got long hair, the guy told me no. And Chase says, I got to go bad, I got to go bad, I got to go bad, I'm about to pee in my pants. I said, well, go around the back behind this family station and just go pee, Chase, just go pee. Well, when she came back around, he had words with me, and I got in my car and decided I would smoke up his filling station. Now, what that means is I started doing donuts around his pump. Now, what, when, it, when, I, when I left there, you couldn't see the filling station for the smoke. And he's chasing me around, beating on my back windshield with a squeak. I'm born again. Talking tongues and raising hell. I pulled out, hit the bypass, and by the time I got to the bottom of the ramp, I'm running well over 100 miles an hour, and I'm mad as H, and the Lord speaks, sell it. No, not my car. Say, he's a loving God. Oh, man. I bought a 65 Chevrolet pickup truck. I still drag race. It's just that nobody knows it. It's so pathetically slow. It's like, whoa, And Volkswagens are going by me, you know. <laughs> He's a good God. But listen, that was my training as a Christian. He, 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 I'm telling you, I would not trade my walk with God for all the money on this planet. I wouldn't train the times he's been kind. I wouldn't trade one correction he's ever made because they're all done because he loves me. And he loves you. And I think it's time that we all, we all understood that. I want to read a couple more of these, may I? C.S. Lewis, there are two kinds of people on on the earth, those who say thy will be done and those God says, well, all right, have it your way. <laughs> the human spirit will not even begin to try to surrender self as long as it seems that all is well with it. You are not going to change until you feel the need to. Don't make God take you somewhere where you feel the need to. Because he knows how to take you places. I'm, I'm, if I find in, in myself a desire which nothing in the world can satisfy, the only logical explanation is that I was made for another world. This world's not our home. It doesn't satisfy us. Amen. I'm glad you like my little book. I keep all these things. When I find these things, I, I, I keep them. Okay. Romans 12.1. Let's go to Romans 12.1. Y'all are doing good so far. You haven't shut me down. I, bese I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your body a living what? Sacrifice. Your body isn't saved, and it never will be. It'll never be born again. It'll never be a Christian. The only thing you can do with it is make it mind. 
And if you're honest, we all have trouble with it. It wants to sleep. It wants to eat the extra piece of pie. It remembers that Lisa's got ice cream at home and root beer. And there is at least a third of the ice cream left. And if I get home before her tonight, never mind. Your flesh is selfish. Every, I don't mean you're a selfish person. Flesh is self-centered. You cannot let it rule. When a person, I'm going to say this, tell you this story. I know a man that got married to a beautiful girl and, and boy, he was not a good husband at all. Not even close. And later they got a divorce and I'm talking to him about his walk with God and I'm driving down the road and the Lord said this to me. If his mother had whipped him, he wouldn't be in the mess he's in. I went, wow. We're talking about a 40-year-old spoiled rotten brat. Me, 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 me. I'm going, good God, buddy. I wanted to do what his mother didn't do. Can I take him out behind a building, God, and just... Well, I say that because we, we all run into that, and somehow or another we've never... Selfishness is not... You, you and I need to recognize that we all have the potential to go, what about me? It's so easy to think of just yourself all the time. What about all the other people? What about how your acting is affecting your kids, your family, your wife, your husband? Have you thought about that? Because that's what Jesus talks about when he talks about you're in your flesh. Nail it down. Take a knife and go, I will kill you if you rise up again. I will take a knife and cut you, buddy. He's talking about crucify that, that flesh that does not want to do right. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about crucify. Paul, I'm pretty sure after a beating or two, he didn't want to go preach anymore. I'm pretty sure of that. We've all had jobs where we had bosses and we went home and go, I ain't going back there. I'm going to put up with that. Your flesh is suffering. And God is going, yeah, you are going back. You're going back to work there. And you're like, uh-uh. I'm going to go where they like me. That's called heaven. Okay, I'm doing a pretty decent job. Let's read verse 2. And don't be conformed or pressed into the mold of the world, but be transformed by renewing your mind. That means be changed by the renewing of your mind. If you want more on that, Sunday morning sermon. Okay. A, I want to read this to you. A convert wants heaven without dying. A disciple wants to die to self to be like Jesus. A convert, Jesus is Savior, but a disciple, Jesus is Lord. The major difference in the two. Are you a disciple? Jesus says that, you know, go into all the world and make disciples of all men Teach them to do what I said. That's a disciple. That means you wake up going, I want to please God. Without wanting 
to please God, your flesh will rule. It'll rule. I'm very aware that there's a day I'll stand before God. It scares me. I don't mean fear like I'm afraid. I mean, it, there's an enormous amount of reverence and respect for standing there and giving an account of how I did. And, and I'm aware that there are things I could get away with in your eyes, but not in his. You know, there's times when Lisa and I are in an argument and I know she's wrong. I'm get close to home now. And God says, go apologize. And I go, okay. You, you know, because I want to please him, even though I'm right. I know I'm right. I'm always right, except for the one time that I was wrong and I wasn't wrong, but I thought I was wrong. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Just kidding. Do, do you realize that God gave you a spouse to finish the work your mama didn't do? Yeah. Yes, I really do. Marriage will cure selfishness, and if it doesn't, children will. I mean, after, you know, about 3 o'clock in the morning when your wife finds out that you can't breastfeed the baby. She's like, you get up now. I, I don't have any milk. <laughs> I got too, that's too graphic, isn't it? That's, there's too much, just erase that off the tape. I don't. Come on. I'm going to tell you this. Being married to Lisa, outside of being born again, probably one of the greatest things God ever did for me. I mean, she's a wonderful, wonderful woman, but God is she strong-willed. And she don't take a whole lot of, off of nobody, even me. And I'm going, wow, what'd you give me this woman for, God? <laughs> I mean, I really prayed that one time. What did you do this for? Oh, man, you know, but it, we, we laugh about it now and we both look back at how far we have come. Because both of us had already made up our mind that we would kill each other before we would divorce. Because you can be forgiven of murder, but the church won't forgive you for divorce. I mean, <laughs> well, it's quiet in this Presbyterian church. It's, it's okay. It's okay. I want to read three things to you here. You have three enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. You have three enemies that want to take you out, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And you have to be on guard. You can't lay your guard down and pretend like it's not there. It's there. The world right now, and here's the definition of the world. The world is always demanding compromise. I'm going to say it again. The world demands you compromise your faith. Don't tell me you're going back down to that church again today. 
I mean, dear Lord, I mean, I mean, you go all the time. And I mean, it's Halloween. What's wrong with the kids dressing up like the devil? I mean, what's wrong with you? There was a man, won't mention a name, came to church, got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, loves Jesus, went home and his wife said, if you go back down there, I'm going to divorce you. And he stayed home. My wife told me that, my first one. That was it. I said, bye. You'll tell me whether I can live for God or not. She said, this is my house. Said, it's not, it's mine. I bought it. Listen, you, the world is constantly demanding you change your stance on Jesus. Constantly. We don't want to put up with that. Bend, 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 bend. Quit being so hard on us. We were with a lawyer today, um, Lisa and I, filling out a will and a trust. And uh, we, I've never done it. And she's from up north and not a Christian. So uh, we had a nice conversation for a few minutes. And um, the guy that was there with her, he was a, one of these people that was there as a witness. And a great guy uh, from the islands. And uh, him and I got into a healthy conversation on, on uh, conservatism and Trump and all that. And she finally looked up and said, let's just be quiet and go on. I loved it. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I'm, I'm drilling her and just asking her questions. I mean, I'm paying her to sit here. And she's going to listen for a few minutes. And I already knew I had a live one with me. And we're talking about righteousness and the whole nine yards. And she's squirming like, a, she's like, just, 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 just be quiet and let's just, let's just move on. I went, yeah, baby. I like to put a little heat on people myself. Thank you. Wow. I'm glad Disney's going broke. They need to go broke. I, I'm, I'm a little tired of people telling me what I'm allowed to think. And that's what I said to this lawyer today. I said, I don't, I don't mind, but let me tell you something about free speech, sweetheart. Don't tell me how to think. I want to make my own decision, my own self. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I will make my own decisions. She's looking at me like, I have a real live one here. Yeah, you do, darling. Anyway, um, the world is compromised. Flesh is selfish and the devil is evil. And we're dealing with that now more than we've ever dealt with it. And it's not no longer in a closet. It's in the open now. It's out in the open. They're not even hiding it anymore. Um, go to 1 John 5. I may not get to a lot of my other scriptures. How am I doing for time? Tons of time. Ooh, pretty good. First John 5, 2. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. There is no such thing as loving God and disobeying God. There is no such thing. Obedience is love. If there is no obedience, 
you do not love God, you love yourself. That's the reason we disobey God is because self is on the throne. Now, that's a heavy statement. That's going to curb a lot of activity. It's going to curb a lot of things that you would go, well, I'm not going to do that. That's wrong. Um, Joseph had a real chance to, uh, with Potiphar's wife, and he said, no, this would not please God. He didn't say, you're not sexy. He said, I don't want to do this. It won't please God. You and I are going to make decisions based on what God thinks about that. Even when no one's around to see it. So your obedience, someone says, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. You, you, we can see how much you love God. It's in your walk. And it's in your walk when the heat's on. Because when the, heat, when the heat's not on, it don't mean anything. But when the heat's on and things are tough and you're going to buckle down and go, well, I guess we're going to make some changes because that's love. That is love. Love is not gooey. Well, I just love you. That's not love. That's, that's affection. Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And faith without actions is dead. If you're not obeying, you actually don't have any faith. Then then you're going to get sick and want some. It just doesn't show up. So I'm going to give you a football analogy. I'm just going to give you a football. I would do a basketball, but I don't know much about basketball. I want you to think about a guy that walks around in a jacket, a football jacket, and he goes, are you a football player? Yep. And, and yet, for the last three weeks, he hasn't even showed up to practice. Is he a football player? He's a football. Does he know how? Yes. Is he ready for the game? No. If you're not walking with God every day, you're not ready for the fight. You're not ready for the game. When the game hits and they bench you, don't go, well, coach, what's, I hadn't seen you at practice in three weeks. Oh, coach, I love football. I, I know you love football, but sit down. And a lot of people don't understand that, that your daily walk, exercising daily is where you keep your strength, not, not right before the fight. Now, if y'all don't know this, and I, I know the men will understand this, I really liked the Rocky movies. And my favorite one was Mr. T. Yeah. Now, if you don't understand this, just y'all bear with me until we, I, me and the men get through with this. But he's off taking pictures and being glamour boy. And Mr. T's in the gym. And when they hit that ring, Mr. T beat the mud out of Rocky. Well, while you're playing, Satan's in the gym. And he's waiting for the day that you come down that alley and he's going to take you out. And a lot of people don't understand he's not playing while you are. Well, that was a good analogy and I thought it was pretty good. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 7, 24. Matthew 7. Am I doing all right so far? Yeah. Why do we? The, the sermon is why do we believe in holiness? Because it's profitable. It's a good, it's a good thing. 
Matthew 7, 24, and, and let's read this. Therefore, he hears these sayings of mine and does them. I'm going to liken to a wise man that built his house on the rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it didn't fall. It was founded on a rock. And everyone who hears these sayings of mine, that means you were in church, you heard the word of God, you know what it says, and doesn't do them. Is a foolish man who built his house on the sand, the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat on the house, and it fell. L listen to me. If you're not reading it and you're not doing it, the storm will come. Do you understand that? It is going to come. I can't stop it. God won't stop it. And you're going to sit around going, well, I was hoping that I could just pray that my house would stand even though I didn't do what he said. It will not. And, how many, and I see this. It breaks my heart to watch people walk in this church, get born again, and three months later, they don't come to church every Sunday. Now they're coming three times a month. Then they come two times a month. Then they come once. And you call and you go, well, my alarm didn't go off. Really? It's going to go off when Mr. T shows up. I'm going to guarantee you your alarm going to go off. Don't wait until something happens before you start running back into church. You could have avoided that. We have a young man. I won't mention his name. But he came to this church for a while when he was young and then he left. I never saw him for three or four or five years. And he came walking in one day and I said, how are you doing, brother? And he goes, my wife ran off. I mean, soaked me and got a lawyer and took everything I owned. And I went, welcome back. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to down him. Thank God he had enough sense to come back to church. But, but son, you did not have to go through that. I'm preaching pretty good. And as, let me tell you something, you know as well as I do, you all have kids and you watch them and you go, oh no, oh no, 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 no. When you get older, you live right and pray like crazy. And you're going to spend a lot of time, I was telling Lisa this tonight, Debbie Boone's mother, uh, Pat Boone, said that his wife had calluses on her knees praying for the kids. If you've got kids, you are a prayer warrior. If you're not, you don't have children yet. <laughs> if you're a grandmother, both knees are calloused up real good. Now, 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. Let's go there. Y'all are doing so good. This is one of the things that Brother Hagen taught us when I went to Ramah. And it's one of the things that I have really guarded my heart I've guarded out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. 1 John 3.20. Look at this. It says, for if our heart condemns us, God's greater than our heart knows all things. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Every time you knowingly disobey, you harden your heart. You harden the soil. You harden it. God's not doing it. You are. Then later, you're going to come along and want to plant the word on that. And you're going to go, it ain't working. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, when you mess up, just get right real quick. Just go, oh, I missed it. God, please forgive me. I'm, I put that under the blood. Aren't you glad you got 490 times a day? If you've hit 490, go to bed. <laughs> I'm not just waiting. I'm just picking on him, man. You don't mind. 
But that's always been a concern of mine. What is the, how I'm living doing to my heart? Am I getting less sensitive to his voice? Do I hear him like a, am I, am I, every time he talks to me, am I saying no? Or am I yielding to that? And going, okay, okay, uh, okay. It's very important that you do something and keep your heart, keep that, out of it is faith. Out of it are the issues of your life. Guard it with everything. Don't let anything in there. And that's called holiness. But it's for your benefit. God's not the one that's, he's, he's still talking. But you can't hear. Okay. I got a couple more scriptures. I got a couple more here. Um, wow. How am I doing? Ooh, pretty good. Um, First Peter chapter 1. Let's just go over there, and I'm going to go. I'm going to stay in First Peter for a little bit here. First Peter one fourteen. I think I did that. As obedient children, not conforming yourself to the former lust, as in your ignorance, but he who called you is holy. Be holy in all con in all conduct. Be holy. I'm holy. In, in other words, don't, don't allow yourself to run with this world. Look at 1 Peter 2.11 now, just, just same page, 2.11. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust that war against your soul. Have your conduct honorable among Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they by your good works observe. In other words, abstain. Lisa and I were watching a movie on TV the other night, trying to find a good one. Lisa, I won't tell them about the movie. About halfway through it, we realized that it had a agenda. And it was about a sweet girl who was overweight, but it was really about accepting gays. And I went, is there anything on television? And, and it, you know, and it, you don't have to watch it. I mean, you, you say, well, we have, no, you don't. I don't have Netflix. I don't, I don't have all, we don't have any of that stuff. I don't even think we have the weather anymore because they're always lying. <laughs> you don't have to watch all that stuff. It's, we, we actually pick movies that we've seen 10 times. You want to watch something good or you want to watch, you want to go to bed with your conscience right tonight? Well, we went to watch an old movie. Anyway, um, 1 Peter 5, well, I'm not going to do that one. Um, 2 Corinthians 6, I think this is where I want to go. 6.16, yeah. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? What is the temple of living God? I will dwell in them, I'll walk among them, I'll be their God, and they'll be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Don't touch What's unclean? And I'll receive you. I'll be a father to you and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Therefore, having these promises, cleanse yourself from the filthiness of your flesh and perfect holiness. I think Amber was telling me a while ago, they went off to Texas and they went to a restaurant and there was nothing in there to drink except alcohol. I've been to parties where there wasn't anything to drink. And you just get water. And people say, it's just one. I said, yeah, you're right. It's just one. But I don't want to do one. And you know, you're like, 
What's wrong with you? Nothing. I'm just normal. But I don't have to have a drink. To Why? Who am I trying to impress? You? I'm definitely not, and I'm not talking to y'all. People offering you a drink. You think I'm, you think I'm trying to impress you? Why would I want to impress you? Who are you anyway? Do you know who I am? Apparently not. But if you don't, if you don't think much of yourself, why would anybody else? Why do you always have to be like everyone else? You know, last time I heard diamonds were valuable because there wasn't very many. That makes me valuable because they ain't one of me. And I think I'll just keep me like I am. I don't have to look like you and walk like you. I don't have to dress like you. I don't have to have an earring. There's a lot of things we need to talk about. Why you're trying to be accepted by idiots. I mean, people. So you can look around and everybody goes, oh, you're cool. You know, when I was a hippie, someone asked me, said, why do you have long hair? And I said, so I'll be different. He says, you look like everybody else. I went, I think I'll get a haircut then. You know what I mean? I wasn't being an individual. I was looking like everybody else my age. We all look the same. So when I got born again, I thought, you know, this is a real good chance to be different than most people. You go to work. And you're the only Christian there. Don't think that they don't have a heyday with that one. They do. They would often look at me and say, Morgan, I want you to go over there and work. We don't want to hear you anymore. And they're all cussing and swearing and doing all that. I'm just talking about something good like Jesus. I had a boss one time and, and he was a heathen. His, his wife was a Christian. And I know she's praying for him. And he said to me one day, he says, Morgan, I don't ever want you to give me another sermon on Jesus again. I said, okay. I said, Bobby, can I sing? He said, you can sing all you want. I said, amazing grace. The next week I was on Larry's crew. <laughs> What's wrong with standing out in the world? What's wrong with staying going, you know what, I'm, I'm not doing that. I don't live like that. I don't do that. I don't do those things. Don't think I hadn't been approached by pretty women. That doesn't happen much lately. The older you get, the less temptations there are. Never mind. I'm just going to be quiet. I need to, I need to wrap this up. We live in a culture war. We're in a culture war. There's a, I'll get one more scripture. Go to Ephesians. There's a lot more in this Bible than most Christians have ever read. I'm going to say that again. Lisa and I have this saying in our house that everybody wants to hear Ephesians 1, 2, 3, but very few people want to hear 4, 5, 6. But yet, it's in here. So my question is, why is it in here? Why is Ephesians 4, 5, 6 in your Bible if we're not supposed to be preaching it? I, I want Christians to start actually reading their Bible. You start reading it. Pick it up and read something other than a book and a promise box. 
This book is alive. This book is God talking. Nothing more valuable than your Bible. Let me read this to you in, in Ephesians 4, 17. I say they testify that you no longer walk like the rest of the Gentiles, having their understanding dark and alienated from the life of God. Verse 19, past feelings have given themselves to lewdness. Verse 20, you have not so learned Christ. Indeed, if you've heard of him. Verse 22, put off your former conduct. Put it off, the old man. Be renewed in the mind and put on the new man. That's an assignment from God. That's not an assignment from, from Daryl. That's an assignment from God. You take those things in your life that you go, this is, not, this is not right. You don't need to get in condemnation. God knew they were there when you got saved. We're not living in condemnation. You're already born again. God loves you. You're the righteousness of God. But when he's showing you something, you go, I'm working on that. When I was in school, the reason they gave me a test was to show me what I didn't know. If I had a spelling test and I had 100 words on it and I missed 25, I only have to study 25 words now. Whatever you're going through right now and it's not going well, that's all you have to work on. If it's temper, you go, well, get me some temper scriptures. If it's pride, we'll find you some humble scriptures. If it's lust, well, read about Bathsheba or something like that. And just whatever, you know. Whatever it is that you need to be dealing with, God is going to start leading you and showing you things. And you'll, you may be in church and hear a sermon. And there may be a word in there and you're like, oh, boy, that was the Lord. And I want you to walk out and go, I know what to work on now. Go from glory to glory and go from glory to glory. Don't be afraid of, of the God showing you and dealing with you because he wants you to have a better life. And he doesn't want you to keep messing it up. If you do, he'll eventually let you mess it up so that you won't do it again. Ask me how I know. Watching Lisa, naturally. Or Zach. But, but if you're a born-again Christian, while you're on this earth, God is interested in you growing and becoming a disciple. That means disciplined person, a disciplined person. And that's, that's all holiness is. You walk in a church, then there's going to be messages on live right, and there's going to be messages on how much God loves you. There's going to be run, I'll jump you messages, and then there's going to be other ones that talk about putting your flesh under Walking in love, Brother Hagen made a statement one time, and he said, if I was sick, the first thing I would do was look at my love walk. How am I treating other people? That has kept me. There's been times that I have gone, that's probably why I'm not doing well, because I've gotten out of love. And when you read the love chapter, it's, it'll take the flesh off of you. Be patient and kind. Hardly notice when they do it wrong. Forgive them how many times in one day? A bunch. And this is what Christianity is. God is going to make sure you're in a place where somebody is helping you to see what you need to work on. It might be another Christian. Amen.
Y'all were good tonight. You stopped shouting about 10 minutes ago, but you're still doing pretty good. I'm going to tell you, this has kept me. This has kept me alive. Living right will keep you alive. You don't want to, you don't want to go early. You don't, you don't want to. When you're wrong, go to God and get on your face. I missed it. I'm wrong. I missed it. I'm going to change. There is no peace without walking with him. There is no joy. I don't care what you've bought and where you went on vacation. There's no joy. Joy comes from walking with God. Amen. And it's, the, it's a great adventure. So that's why we preach holiness. That's why I do. It's not a popular subject anymore, is it? It needs to be. Did y'all, are y'all okay? Are y'all still breathing? Well, I see you again Sunday. Now, I'm not going to preach on holiness next Sunday. I already rung y'all out one night, and we're going to preach on something really fun and good Sunday. Thank you. We're going to finish up what we were preaching on last Sunday. We're going to. We're going to talk about getting pregnant with the Word of God and get on a real good, good one, you know, fun. So I love preaching fun sermons. But I'm going to tell you something. Kenneth E. Hagin's life. I have, a, I have a plaque in my office. One man reads the Bible, 99 read the man. That man's life changed me. And when I saw the way he lived, I said, I want to be like that guy. I didn't have a dad. And I wanted to be like that. And that man lived right before us. And he was a great model. And I think all of us need role models. You know, I understand that you, maybe you didn't have a dad or maybe you had a bad dad or bad. That don't matter. God will give you a good one. But find somebody who's living right and role model after them. Are you all ready for me to pray? It's 809. It's not even, I still got six minutes if I let y'all out you won't think we're going to do this every Wednesday will you okay because you're not <laughs> Heavenly Father what a, what a wonderful opportunity to come into your church and minister the word of God this is a very very tough subject but it's very necessary our young people need this if anything we need to model what it means to live right, to love our husbands, love our wives, to love one another in front of them. Heavenly Father, it's been the people that have walked in love toward me and around me that have, I've watched them that I began to model my life after. I began to watch the way they lived and I found out I really did want to live like that. I thank you that we have a church here in America. We have a church in the world. We understand the world is not living the way it should. But I'm praying that every one of us in this room would live right. The world would see that we're very, very different. And then they'd want to know why. And it's because we love the Lord and we want a good life. And we understand that living right is the key to that. It's not a works, Father. We know it's not a works. And I give you the glory for every person to sit in this room right now. As we go home and, and, and walk out of this church tonight, we won't walk out with any condemnation on us. We know we have the victory in Jesus. We know that. But we also know that we have a Bible 
and it's like weed and feed and it'll help us make adjustments and that we should read it and follow it and take the old man off put the new man on and we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus name and everybody said hallelujah y'all have a wonderful night God bless every one of you thank you for coming to church and be blessed we hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text... 407-955-5357. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.